Well, hello, y'all. Welcome back to the Cajun Libertarian Live. I am your host, the Cajun Libertarian. Tonight, we will be talking with Liz Terwilliger and her run for Congress in the 12th District of Pennsylvania, next on the Cajun Libertarian Live. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you for joining me tonight on a Sunday special. We had to reschedule because of severe weather moving into her area and my area at the same time on Wednesday. Glad to have all of y'all with us tonight as we dive into it. Let's real quick get to a few of our or all of our sponsors. We'll start with Vid Debate. That's developed by Brian Lamar. How many of you like to argue? We're libertarians here, most of us. Uh, we're mostly political, even if we're not libertarians. We love to argue. So you can do that on VidDebate. That was designed by Brian Lamar. VidDebate is an app designed to give the users ability to use their God-given right of free speech to post up to three-minute videos on the topic of the day. Every day, VidDebate will post a question in the hopes to draw strong opinions from all sides of a range of topics from pop culture to politics. Brian Lamar, the founder and creator of VidDebate, began the project in the hopes to build a platform to help debaters send an impassioned message to tons of viewers and followers instantly. So you can get on there, check out somebody's debate or their video debate, and then you can launch your own video to counter their argument if you don't like it. Or you can post your own argument and see how it goes. It is a video debate. That is going to be a bunch of fun. Not yet on iOS, but is on Apple. So check out Vid Debate by Brian Lamar, please. Also, if you live in the area that I live in, you can check out Laura Province, K2 Realty, LLC. Your home is your sanctuary. As a second-generation real estate agent, Laura Province knows the importance of helping her clients navigate the home buying and or selling process. Whether you're buying your first home, a second investment property, or seeking that dream retirement residence, you will have a seamless experience with K2 Realty. She is in Louisiana. Pretty sure she can help you out in Mississippi and Texas as well. And if you're anything like me and don't know a damn thing about purses or fine apparel, I know somebody that does. She's actually on my team. High-end bags and accessories. Fierce Luxury by Ashley. Fierce Luxury by Ashley.com. Fierce Luxury is a high-end bag and accessories consignment store based online. They carry the hottest brands like, like Louis Vuitton, Chanel, Gucci, and Hermes. Consign with them for 30% fee, 20% less than most consignment stores. Find them online at Fierce Luxury by Ashley.com and on Facebook in their exclusive group, Fierce Luxury by Ashley. So check them out, Fierce Luxury by Ashley.com and go get your high end accessories today for a very cheap price. Now, thank you to the sponsors very much. They have invested in me. That is amazing. Uh, please go check them out. Don't forget to check out Muddy Waters Media. Hello, Jessica. So now, that being said, Liz Terwilliger is in the house. Let's bring her on. Hey. Hello. Hey. How are you? I'm good. How you doing? Doing well. Thank you. Are you uh are you still getting you still got a bunch of water in the yard, I assume, huh? Because it's raining again today. Well, we have less water in the yard than we usually do That's because cool. the big storm took out the beaver dam 
And so the creek has reclaimed its bed and the pond is gone. One of the ponds are gone. So it's kind of neat to look nice. out there and see silt in the yard. But anyway. That's less nice. Wow. Took out a whole pond. Yeah. Yeah. The pond's That's gone. Amazing. That's <laughs> That yeah, was I, the I, I, messed us up on Wednesday. Yeah. So we need to recruit some beavers to build your pond back. Nope, nope, nope. That was an extra pond we don't need. That's all good. Oh, all right. Well, that's a plus then. Hallelujah. Yeah, the property hopefully will go back to where it was when we bought it. We'll see. Yeah. House was okay though, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. We're up on a hill. Yeah. We got no problem. Oh, nice. A lot Actually, of cleanup work? Nah, nah. And it wasn't too bad around. There were some trees down across roads. A few people lost power for a while, but it wasn't as bad as it could have been. So. Right. Right. That's absolutely excellent all the time anytime it can be less bad than what it needs to be that is a good good time so right. something else that it can be less bad than it needs to be and very much better than what it needs than what it is now is the 12th district of pennsylvania yeah, you that like was a great way, sentence huh? <laughs> great sentence yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, you are the person that is going to put us back on track in the 12th district of pennsylvania so Tell us a little bit about, you know, a little backstory about why you decided to run for office, because that is intense. Yeah, yeah, it was a spur of the moment decision. I was enraged by the whole um, impeachment process. The first one, not the second one, the first one. Right. And uh, my representative happens to not be a representative really of, of me, but more representative of his party. And so all I could get in response, he was of the opinion that the impeachment process was unconstitutional. And given that it's in the Constitution, I really wanted to get a little bit more information from him about, you know, why he was taking the stand he was. And I couldn't get a response. All I kept getting was a form letter, a form letter. And apparently I was complaining a lot about that. And so I was <laughs> to then so do something about it, you know. Um, so this is what I'm doing. So that that he inspired me to run against him. So straight up, just his lack of effort and transparency and honesty drove you to go whoop his ass at the voter polls come 2022. Just that whole lack of responsiveness to your constituents. So we're talking about the House of Representatives. They're supposed to be representative of the people and not of the party. And one of my things is I am. We need to get rid of career politicians, especially in the House of Representatives. The intent, in my view, was you go, you serve your neighbors, you come back to your job, somebody else takes a turn. You don't have to be a politician for the House, and you shouldn't be. And the career politicians develop too much personal power, and then all they care about is re-election. He continues to give me motivation to continue to run, because, mm -hmm. for example, he just voted against, well, not just now, it's been a few weeks, but he voted against repealing the Iraq war authorization. Wow. How, give, give me a reason now that's not because it was a party line vote. It was a party line vote. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Let's give as much power to the executive as we possibly can. And, you know, that, that always works out well. Not to mention that it's really not relevant anymore. Exactly. That seems to be the uh, primary goal of the duopoly, though, does it not? Just continue to shovel power to the establishment. Right. I mean, yeah. I, don't, I don't see anything different from either side on that matter. 
I'm constantly amazed at how much Congress is willing to abdicate its power to the executive and then complain that the executive is wielding, you know, power that they shouldn't have. Yeah. Um, sorry, go ahead. No, that's okay. I was just going to say, it's just a, it's theater. So that's all I was going to say. <laughs> I was literally going to say it's political theater. I was literally going to say that. Yeah. That's incredible. It's so, um, forgive my ignorance, but the 12th district of PA, where exactly are you there in Pennsylvania? <laughs> everywhere we are huge so <laughs> nice. right right now it's the 12th district we'll see what it is after redistricting but it's 15 counties including two partial counties so we stretch across the new york border from susquehanna county over to potter county and i'm in the middle of that i'm up on the border in bradford county and then we follow the susquehanna river down all the way to perry county which to give you a little perspective, Perry County is in the Capital Region affiliate for the Libertarian Party of Pennsylvania, which means that it's close to Harrisburg. So we have like from the border all the way down. They call it the T because it's like this T-shaped monstrosity. And we have. Yeah, that's OK. No, sorry. I didn't realize that the 12th district was that big. Yeah, it takes me about three and a half hours to get to Perry County and about three three hours. If I wanted to go to the far side of Potter County, it would probably take me three and a half. But I was not smart enough to live in the middle of the district that I didn't know I was going to be running for Congress from. So. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> I'm like from the northeast corner of the district. That's humongous. Wow. Shellyanne says, you go and serve your neighbors. That right there is the kind of mindset I love about Liz. Absolutely. And yes, we would get a, into the uh, community projects here in a little bit because I have seen a bunch of that going on under your thumb, Liz, and yeah. that is very remarkable. I know that um, I know some of the district is close to the coast, I believe, because no, it's not. Now, Nowhere near. Nothing about you're going to be totally thing. confused when you get to Jersey Shore and there is no ocean and you are still in Pennsylvania. <laughs> Why did I think that? Philly was close to the coast. That's not really. Okay. It's not like two hours. Oh, it might be. I guess it depends <laughs> on what you call close. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but yeah, all right. Uh, some perspective. Now, I thought, but, yeah. I thought you were thinking because the event is in Jersey Shore that you're coming up oh. for that we <laughs> right. were on the shore. But I used to go to Jersey Shore in the summer, but not the Jersey Shore in Pennsylvania, the one like in Jersey. In Jersey, yeah, yeah. No, I was when I first saw that, I was like, "There's no way they're talking about Jersey Shore from the ridiculously horrible ugh, TV show." Anyway, personal opinion on pop culture there. Yuck. Uh, I, I I found out very quickly that that's not what you're talking about, but I don't know. I just I guess so. Uh, so for perspective, right? I drive my day job. I drive all over the state and out of state. So a two hour hike is nothing for me. Uh, I'll be taking a two and a half hour hike to go do one property tomorrow morning. Right. So two hours is like not a drive to me, but I do it all the time. So yeah, I was thinking like Philly's pretty close to the coast and I'm pretty sure I'm flying into Philly and then it's only like an hour drive from there to wherever Harrisburg is or yeah. no Harrisburg is an hour from where the event is as well. Correct. Probably. Yeah. Okay. All right. I know nothing about Pennsylvania except for some of the people there. Got a lot of followers and, and friends in Pennsylvania. Love that. Love that. Big state. Huge libertarian state. Uh, we're probably, yes. I think, the 
the biggest in the country, right? Well, I think we have the most elected officials in Pennsylvania, libertarians elected to office. And we're going to have even more because we have, I think we're going to have over 100 on the ballot in the municipal elections coming up. So I know that was the goal. Yeah. And you got you running and uh, Joe Solosky for governor as well. So 2022. Yeah. Yeah. We're expecting a huge turnout and a great result in your state. 2021, we have a lot of local candidates, a lot. Um, that was the uh, over 100. Yeah. So. Uh, Joel Gitz, when is his election? He's going to kill me for not knowing the answer to that question. <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs> I think he's okay. I think he's running. He's running this this election cycle. Like, OK, OK. All right. Yeah. Yeah. But you and Joe will. <laughs> yeah, I've had, I had Joe on the show and. Got a lot of people in Pennsylvania love that state. It'd be a huge state for me and uh, for the Libertarian Party. Uh, but you and Joe are in 2022, right? Right. Yeah. So um, we're both still currently seeking the Libertarian Party of Pennsylvania nomination for our races. Because for me, I have to get nominated by the affiliates. But we can't do that until we know what the district look like looks like. So I'm waiting for redistricting. Um, Joe and um, Steve Sheets is running for Senate. As a libertarian, they're both seeking the Libertarian Party nomination, which is done at the convention in March. So, okay, if depends on, you know, the election at that, who gets the nomination at that point. But love Steve, hilarious guy. Yeah. Had him on as well. Yeah, love Steve. Well, that's incredible. So for for what you need specifically in 2022, uh, uh, what's Pennsylvania's ballot access laws like? Do you have to get X amount of signatures or are you good to go? Yeah, we have to get 2% of the winner total vote count for the previous election. So last time around, I was really lucky because um, the winner had been elected in a special election. So there was a low voter turnout. Nice. So my total was only 1800 that I needed. However, when I, my signatures got challenged, I turned in, I can't remember, maybe 3,200 signatures. And my signatures got challenged and I ended up getting kicked off the ballot. So I did a write-in mainly to support down ballot candidates and to still be out there campaigning for them. Um, and it always helps with name recognition when you're like, okay, now I'm fighting with you and I will be back next time to continue this fight. So let's build my name recognition some more and I'll hang around, thank you. Um, <laughs> so this time my, I think my minimum is gonna be 4,800 signatures. That's what I would need right now if the district doesn't change. And if it changes, then it'll just be 2% of the total for that section brought in. So it gets to be stupid with the math, but right. um, yeah. So I'll need probably double that signature count in order to get past challenge. They, so last time, 2020, whatever year this is, 2020, I collected probably, well, close to 900 signatures myself. And I was motivated because we lost a court case over ballot access. They wouldn't give us ballot access relief due to COVID. They wouldn't reduce our signature requirement. And it came at the last minute and I got like super motivated because I was really mad. And so every person that I ran into, I would ask them to sign my petition. Are you registered to vote? Sign my petition. <laughs> so um, in the challenge to my signatures, they challenged whether or not I could really have collected all those signatures in the amount wow. of time. 
do signature collection, even though they told us in the court case that there was ample time for signature collection, even with COVID restrictions. So whatever. Yeah. David <laughs> Davis makes an exactly great point that you're talking about. I need 3,500 viable signatures, which means about 5,000 because they are going to strip and chip away at every single signature that they possibly can for the Libertarian Party or any independent party, anybody other than a Republican Democrat. They're just going to scrutinize every single signature. Now, we did talk about right beforehand how your district is like last voting cycle. I think you said it was 70-30 Republican. Republicans still maintain the legislature. So more than likely, we're not going to see uh, any redistrict any redistricting in your district, hopefully. I don't know. We lost. So we lost some. Um, I was just looking at the numbers the other day and we did lose some residents. So our population shifted somewhat. And there's a very blue district um, to my east. And so they may decide that they want to um, kind of balance things and get two red districts out of a blue and a red. I don't know. We'll see. There's always some calculus that, you know. I hate, I hate redistricting. The current district was gerrymandered so bad that the state Supreme Court actually ended up drawing the lines. Our district is currently. Oh, my God. So, yeah. I could talk about ballot ballot access and, you know, Pennsylvania Constitution having the provision that all elections should be free and fair. And, you know, ballot access isn't. So whatever. Mm. I do that a lot. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's fine. Ballot access. Is Place of expletive, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Double middle fingers <laughs> in the pockets so that we don't have right. them shown outside of the pockets. Grants. <laughs> yeah. Right, exactly. Um, <laughs> right. Yeah, sorry. I'm looking at, I bet the Democrats or Republicans got COVID relief. Hmm. Well, yeah. So there's been some interesting in the primary for this year's election there were some interesting cases up in Erie and stuff where some of the lower court judges were like, oh yeah, COVID, you're just on the ballot for Democrats and Republicans. And we're like, wait, hey, what? But I think that got overturned in the higher courts. But yeah. Well, and the signature requirement for, like for my opponent to get on the signature or on the ballot, I, can't remember if it's, I think it's a thousand signatures to get on the ballot. So I was chomping at the bit. I couldn't get anybody to take me up on it to do a ballot access lawsuit last time because I had 1,780 valid signatures to their 1,000. So shouldn't I fair and equal have ballot access? Let's go to court. I am now a, you know, I'm an injured party, but nobody would take me <laughs> up on it. The um, yeah. ACLU of Pennsylvania actually told me that not enough people were impacted by the inequity in ballot access for them to take it up. Wow. Unreal. Even the ACLU in your state wouldn't take a, oh my God. Oh, well. That is, and we haven't, yeah, anyway. I can go on, but I won't. <laughs> no, I actually am very Move on to more by, positive things. <laughs> yeah, I love the, the discussion about ballot access and how it differs from state to state and how lopsided it is in favor of the two-party system and how much work we have to overcome. There's a lot of people that don't know about that stuff. And I think it's vastly important. And so it's one of my, my big deals. I'm trying to learn a lot about, you know, and it's interesting when I talk to Democrats and Republicans who are in office, they don't understand ballot access either. They have no idea. Most of the ones that I talk to what the requirements are for us. I mean, why would they, 
I mean, exactly. we know what it is for them because it's it's not equal. But for the most part, they have no idea how many signatures we have to collect. And it's not as bad as it used to be, um, but it's still not equal. No, no, not even close. Completely unequal and discriminatory, I would say, in, in my personal opinion, that would fall directly in the lines of discrimination. And so other than uh, so you're going to need to go door knocking again. And I'll, first, you need to get the nomination from the LP of Pennsylvania, which I assume that that's going to be an automatic as soon as yeah, we get done with the redistricting. I have endorsements from, I think, all now all of the affiliates that are in the district. But you know, to get the nomination, we have to make sure that there's not a change in the borders because some affiliates either might not be in the district or a different affiliate might be in the district. And so we want to respect that process and make sure everybody has a chance to voice their opinion and Absolutely. and somebody else to step up. Come on, run against me as a libertarian. Let's do this. Oh, yeah. Taking challengers. I don't think anybody's going to take that bet. Just being honest. Well. <laughs> but last time last time around it was like yeah you'll get the nomination because nobody wants to do it <laughs> right <laughs> yeah and everybody that's tells, a ringing endorsement <laughs> from what i from all of the chatter that i've heard surrounding you over the last few months uh, nobody wants to because everybody feels that you're fit for the job so why would yeah. they yeah. you know let's just get you in there and and leave the other stuff beside aside because you're going to have a lot of work to do after the redistricting and you get the nomination, then you got to go get um, a minimum of 4,800 signatures, I think you said, which really means you're going to have to get about 6,000. Yeah, I have to have 4,800 valid signatures. So they have to be registered to vote in, and they have to have put their vote, the address where they're registered to vote on the signature line and, you know, all those little details. So yeah, they have to actually be in the district too. I had to volunteer collect signatures outside the district. Whoops, last time. Because we have two counties that are split. So it's easy to oh, do. Boy. Oh my yeah. God. That is a mess. You got you know you got I, a, go uh, ahead. I was gonna say you got a lot of work ahead of you. <laughs> but you know, I'm energized by it because I'm passionate about our need to take back the House of Representatives. That I mean government as a whole. But the House of Representatives, especially because it's such a lie to say that you're representing the people because you're really not. You're just representing your party or your political career. The excuse that I got for the vote on the um, Iraq war authorization was that it was a party line vote and I don't want to get primaried. I mean, it didn't come from his mouth, but it came from someone on the Republican committee that, you know, we don't want to get primaried. And that can't be what you're worried about. You're supposed to be worried about what's important for your rep, your the people that you're representing. So. You you literally or not you you're just you just verbatimed the guy, um, literally just said nah I voted for it because I don't want to put in the work to have to primary like you that's what you just said. Yeah yeah that he that's that, it. yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna vote this way because if I don't vote this way, I'm going to get a primary challenge. And that's the only way in a district that's 70-30 that a Republican is going to lose their seat is if somebody challenges them in a primary. And if you're worried about your political career and you're not worried about what's right or what's important to the people of your district, then that's how you're going to vote every time and twice on Sunday. And twice on Sunday. Not this Sunday, but some no. Sundays. That's well, it's 
August, so you know they're not in session anyway. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, no, I was just really just kind of making a joke there. Yes, I was getting a lot of actually, I've been getting a lot of laugh responses to my question that I threw out on Facebook about whether or not our representative is going to hold a town hall during this month long reprieve that he has. I've seen him at a lot of county fairs and stuff, but are we going to have a real town hall meeting where we can talk to him? So people just laugh. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say probably not. It's not going <laughs> to happen. I don't understand why he doesn't, his office doesn't respond to me anymore. I, I don't. Really? You're not very sarcastic at all. Not at all. No. <laughs> yeah, I don't think you could be a libertarian and not be uh, sarcastic. So you are winning. That's for sure. I know that we have the event coming up very yeah. much around the corner, hoping to God that they don't mandate vaccinations for the plane ride because we will be screwed if they do that. Um, I'll be more than happy to wear the mask. Yep, yeah. it's becoming a real issue very soon. Um, I will be so, glad to wear the mask. I actually, um, I, I'll run this by you live on the air because I'm probably not going to do it because yeah. it's your event. But at some point when I do fly, probably not this time because it's your event and I don't want to look stupid. I don't want to make you look bad, but I will be wearing a respirator through the airport with a t-shirt that says, if you really cared about grandma, you'd spend the $75 on a respirator. I probably won't do that for the Liz Terwilliger event perspectives. For no, freedom. but that's hilarious. You should totally do <laughs> Yeah, I'm making shirts for it as well. <laughs> that's hashtag, great. Yeah, hashtag your cloth mask is trash. Sorry, go ahead. No, and if you, if you get a table at the event, you can sell them at the event. So, you know, think about that. Yeah, yeah, my my uh, team is bringing merchandise to sell there, and mainly I just want to go there to support you. But you know, obviously, we're going to take our other stuff there with us as well, and so, so it should be fun. So, for anybody that doesn't know, the event we're talking about is Perspectives on Freedom, which is going to be in Jersey Shore, September eighteenth and nineteenth. And that event, the idea behind that is really the idea behind my campaign, which is we need to talk about things. We need to talk about things that we don't agree on because we'll find common ground or my, I always like to say, maybe I'm wrong. You know, you could totally convince yeah. me that I'm wrong because if you give me a valid argument, I'm not just going to be like, Oh, well, right, exactly. agent thinks this. So, you know, that must be the way to go. But, um, so that was the beginning of that event. So the best, my favorite thing about that event, which is either going to make it totally be great or I am petrified that it's going to be a disaster is that, all of the breakout sessions, all of the topics that we're talking about, we have moderators that are going to kind of start things off, the ideas they start things off, and then it becomes like a conversation that involves whoever is attending. So the audience, you obviously are not going to be forced to participate because, you know, we're libertarians, but um, they can choose to participate in the conversation. I'm hoping we have some different perspectives and can have some really fun civil conversations about some issues that we care about that are important to us and some that maybe I don't care as much about as other people do, but it's not all about me. So. No, I totally get that. I have to deal with that all the time as well. Um, there, there's a lot of stuff. That I'm like, ah, but there's a lot of people that care about it. So I will, uh, I will try uh, Sally and yes, I will. <laughs> Thank you. We'll bring pins as well. 
Oh, Morgan says, says she might actually be there. Short that run. would be great. We'd Excellent. love to have. Please come September 18th and 19th. So at that event, what um, what exactly can we do to help out your campaign and get you elected? Well, one thing you can do is come and, and participate and have a real civil conversation with people. Join the discussions. So, I mean, I know you're moderating the... Um, the role of the military in American society, which is a horrible title, but gives you kind of the idea of what we're talking about. But there's all these other topics. So to go to the other sessions and be a part of that conversation, I think is going to be great. We're going to, of course, be fundraising during the event. Oh, if you are you coming up Friday? I, I am. I, yep, I, I, sh I should be there about one or two p.m. on Friday, two, two, two or three. OK, so there's a. um. We're having a civil asset forfeiture protest in the afternoon from like three to five because the federal courthouse is in Williamsport and the hotel, there's no hotels in Jersey Shore. The hotel that we're staying at is in Williamsport, but the event venue was awesome in Jersey Shore. But anyway, I digress. So you can join us um, at the federal, in front of the federal courthouse for that, um, uh, protesting policing for profit. And then there's a mixer at um, the break room in Williamsport. One of the Lycoming County Libertarian Party affiliate members, um, Virginia Weigel, owns the break room in Williamsport, which is where you go and smash stuff for therapy and you don't have to clean up the mess. So we have Spike Cohen and Tasha Cohen each assigned to a room. So you can sign up to smash individual, like one on one with one or the other of them or both if you want to sign up for you know more than one slot or you can go in with a group. So I'm signing up for the group thing so that there can be four people in a room at a time. So two other people can go in with me for either Spike or Tasha. I'm signed up for both. So you go in and just break stuff with a baseball bat, which is so fun and so therapeutic. And I badly need to do it, but we're doing it for charity. So this is a smash for charity event. And uh, one of the charities, I think Spike is smashing for transitional living centers in Williamsport, which is a nonprofit that helps people transition out of prison back into normal life. And then um, Tasha is smashing for a community clinic in Sunbury, which is a completely free medical clinic, not like a nice. free clinic that yeah. the way that people my age think of a free clinic, but um, <laughs> they're all volunteer medical providers at this clinic in Sunbury. So those are the two charities, wow. which are really great charities. None of that event is for my campaign, but it's so good for the community. And there's going to be a mixer from like 530 to 10 in the same location. So people can hang out. You can, even if you're not going to smash, you can come hang out with us and um, we'll have some light refreshment stuff and, just be talking liberty or talking trash or whatever we're talking. Right. Who knows? That's you never know. Awesome. Two I, libertarians together, what they're going to be talking about. But. Right. Um, so did you see Spike's uh, pitch? No. Oh, you didn't no. see? He threw out the first pitch for um, the minor league baseball team not long ago. And he had. Oh, did he, he just, really? Yeah, he decided it was a, a, a good idea to brag about it. And so. Those of us that have been in competitive sports at a high level for a long time decided to not allow him to brag about it. So for someone that played baseball at a very high level for about 17 years, I will be joining Spike in the smash room to show him how to swing a bat. 
Awesome. Very awesome. And if you want to see videos, if people don't know what that is, what smash therapy is or breaking things, what, what, if you don't know what breaking things looks like with a baseball bat, you can no. go to um, my campaign Facebook page and you can see videos of uh, my husband smashing things, the uh, Like Me County affiliate chair, Luke Moyer smashing things. Nobody took video of me, but I have still photos of me smashing things. Now Sally's going to post something, but she, um, uh, yeah, it was Sally. there. So maybe she Maybe she posted video. She'll post a video of me. I'm surprised we don't have a video of Liz smashing stuff. I saw the picture and I was like, that's the smash room. I was thinking something totally different. I'm like, oh, yes, absolutely. And I just love that that's for charity. So that that's Friday, the day before. And then Saturday, Sunday is all about the perspectives on freedom. And so I heard um, I heard what you said Tasha's would be for. What was the one that spikes? What's his charity? It's called a transitional living centers. And oh, so they're they both help. medical. No, transitional living um, is helping people transition out of the criminal justice system back into everyday life. Oh, perfect. I've done that. I have done that. That's all. I've never heard it called that before. Very good. Heard it called a transition. It's a nonprofit. Yeah. yeah. I've worked for many nonprofits. Well, not many, two, but, um, for a very long time, but right. for the same reason, people coming out of prison, coming into drug rehabilitation, people coming off the streets into drug rehab rehabilitation, halfway houses is probably the more common term. They've switched from that. What we've called them were transition houses, but you're calling them transitional living. I, I've never heard that term before, so that's interesting. Well, that's the name of the nonprofit is Transitional Living Centers Incorporated in Williamsport. So. That's awesome. Yeah. That's oh, perfect. We are everywhere. Awesome, Morgan. Your army <laughs> is strong. So you do a lot of community service, but we're talking about 501c3, so that's a perfect segue into your uh, your volunteerism and how you promote that. Community projects, not allowing government solutions to be at the forefront, but actually volunteerism. Yeah. So trying to show people that, you know, we're a community, we can do something. We don't have to look at the government every single time for a solution to the problem. Amen. So, and, and it kind of floats with the... Uh, perspectives on freedom, one of our activities. So <laughs> where, how do I start? I don't even know. Um, the gentleman that I know from my county approached if I would be interested in participating in this um, non-perishable food drive. And I said, sure, why not? I'm always up for a good food drive. Why not? It'll be a good time. We have a, a food bank in our area called CHOP, which is Child Hunger Outreach Partnership. And Partners, partnership, one or the other. Anyway, they have been just phenomenal in the last year and a half. They've helped so many people in so many counties uh, in our area. It's just unbelievable how much they've been able to do. So this food drive is for them to, to collect food for them. And so we got together and decided that we're calling it Feed the Bus for Chop. He got, um, so there's a young man, young man, he was 15, um, from the area who passed away in May. And um, he committed suicide and we are doing this fundraiser in his memory. So, or not fundraiser, food drive in his memory. So it's feed the bus for chop in memory of James Altieri. And we're collecting food throughout the month of September for this. So we're going to have a collection bin because I know it's real convenient for you to bring non-perishable food from Mississippi or Louisiana. So what you should do is bring it with you because we'll have a bin at per Perspectives on Freedom for nice. <laughs> to collect food. But uh, he's got a bus. They're going to park it in a um, in a big old parking lot in Sarah Athens Valley. 
and I'm distributing boxes to collect food all over the county, and then we'll be picking them back up. And the middle school, I think it's a middle school that he went to, must have been given his age, um, they're taking collection boxes for every classroom. So they're like, can we have 21 boxes? I'm like, yes, you can have 21 boxes. Here we go. Yes, <laughs> and we're off and running. So, <laughs> Absolutely. Food drives are essential, especially non-perishable items, because there's a lot of us that I'm glad you said that because I can help promote that. If you if Sally would send me a, a graphic, if you have one for the food drive and I can start promoting that because it's an easy thing to do. And people, I think we tend to take it for granted quite often. But for somebody that's worked in the 501c3 business, specifically for people that struggle with addiction and having to feed and house like 50 plus or even at one uh, center, we had 180 plus men that stayed at that center, that's a hard thing to do. And an easy way to keep these people fed is with non-perishable items. And we all buy them. We can buy them for very cheap. You can go get, you know, freaking 20 cans of peas, corn, and green beans for what? 20 bucks plus tax. That that goes, if, if you get 150 people to do that, that's a lot of food. Right. And, and do us a favor and donate food that you would actually want to eat. Not like the um, cranberry sauce that's been in your pantry for three years because nobody wanted to eat it at Thanksgiving. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> I couldn't resist that. Sorry. No, no, that's good. Corn, green beans, carrots, peas. Nut butter. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, this stuff is easy to buy. It's very cheap and people like it a bunch. This is a great way to. So you're obviously a phenomenal community organizer is there a reason that what what gave you the drive to start doing that the the community outreach stuff the community events yeah, yeah. yeah so i feel like a representative needs to be present in the community and you need to be willing to interact with people from all different walks of life and i'm really passionate about one of the libertarian principles that i'm really passionate about is that decreasing government involvement or really not as much government programs as our dependence on the government and the paternal government. Like we look to them for, you know, for your food, for your unemployment check, for your whatever, you know, yes, that sir. it becomes, or the, the child tax credit. So I'm going to get my allowance now every month because I have my kids. So that lets me get an allowance from the government. Thanks dad for the money. Um, so, and, and let's get back to like helping each other. So fun story that I'll try not to make too long a story. No, you're good. Back in March. So we did a food drive. Um, was it a food drive? I, we did a drive. It was either a food drive or a hygiene drive. It's been since last December. I don't remember. And we donated the stuff to exactly the nanny state. We need to get rid of the nanny state. Um, <laughs> we donated the stuff to a homeless shelter in the area and to the um, women's shelter in the area. And we, I got some pushback from some local libertarians that I was giving this stuff to organizations that take money from the government. Well, a lot of nonprofits take money from the government and we need to show them that the community supports them enough for them to be able to walk away from that money that comes with so much red tape that they would rather not take government money if they can take money from the community or resources from the community 
and build their nonprofit the way they want it, not the way Uncle Sam says it needs to be. So, so I took that challenge and I said, okay, we did a hygiene drive in March and in Bradford County, we had a pop-up pantry for the hygiene stuff. So that's where you just like say, on this day in this place, we're gonna give this stuff away. And I don't care, you don't have to prove to me that you need it. I really don't care if you need right. it or not. If you're coming to get a roll of toilet paper from me, I would bet that you probably need it. So, <laughs> so we did a pop-up pantry and we just gave the stuff away. So then there's no organization involved, that it's a purely libertarian thing. They, the libertarian is small L, I guess. Um, the boxes to collect stuff were in businesses that volunteered to have them. People donated stuff. We gave it to people. So your neighbors giving things to your neighbors. I still got some flack because I was giving stuff away. But um, help thy neighbor. Love thy neighbor. I changed Love it. Thy help. Help thy Same neighbor. thing. Same thing. Really. So, so now third step in this evolution of this process is this past week we installed, we, my husband and I installed a permanent um, hygiene, community hygiene pantry outside a local restaurant that has a tea garden. It's a cafe. It's not a restaurant. It's a, it's a really nice cafe in Athens called That's Mad nice. Hatter's Cafe and Co-op. And they have a tea garden and stuff. And they let us house this cabinet that took me way too long to refurbish. I should have just bought a freaking cabinet. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we put and we put it outside and it's stocked with hygiene products. And so now people in the community are saying, where can we donate um, for the cabinet? I'm like, just take it and put it in the cabinet. You know, I don't need to be involved in this. Like yep. my numbers on there, if something happens to it or somebody vandalizes it with hopefully nobody will, but. You never know. So that's my wife. She said she oh. saw it. It's beautiful. Thank you. Um, most of the painting has washed off the sides, the beautiful um, childlike flowers that I painted on the sides because I use the wrong kind of paint. But, you know, you live, you learn. So my husband's an artist who's schooling me in the appropriate paint I should use next time when I go sit on the sidewalk and repaint it. That's funny. Yeah. yeah my wife is also an artist. I am not. Um, I'm a musician. So technically I'm an artist. But when it comes to, I have no patience for drawing and painting. It does not result fast enough for me. So I'm a very microwave. Uh, uh, I'm a man, right? I'm a man. I got uh, my attention span is about as long as a, a freaking ant. So yeah, it's just not. No, nope, painting is not for me. Um, so those boxes that you're talking about, I I went through and graduated from Teen Challenge. You've probably mm -hmm. heard of them. It's the biggest, most successful. Uh, drug and alcohol residential rehabilitation center in the world, actually. But we have drop boxes all over the country. And so you don't have to, nobody has to, to be there just right. like twice a month. They just ride by on box trucks and then pull everything out of the bin. They throw it in the box truck, hit all the bins in their registered area. And then they go bring it back to the center for all of the men and women. We have women's team challenges as well. Yeah. And so that sounds very identical to what, what it is that you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. So this is now just a cabinet. So one of the um, restaurants in our area has a mini food pantry outside and they just have this, you know, they just put stuff in there and people come and take what they need. And so this is similar. It's, you know, take what you need when you need it and give back when you can. So we'll see. That's Fingers awesome. crossed. Yeah, Use yeah. not abused. Let's hope. Yep. Yep. These aren't like what I'm talking about isn't an exchange like that. I have seen that. And I've I've seen it work. Um, 
there are going to be people that take stuff that they don't need. That's that's unavoidable, but as, right, as right. long as you don't like take, uh, you know, a box full of stuff to then go sell at the flea market, I'm fine. <laughs> you know, and I'm not going to be able to stop them from doing that anyway. People are some people are just jerks. It's a valid concern. Yeah, these aren't geared for food, so food's a totally different issue. When you, unless you're talking about canned goods, but these look a lot like. And, and I'm hoping I see people in the Shirley Nichols. She says, uh, Teen Challenge is amazing. Thank you, Shirley. Yes, it is. I'm a graduate and I work for them. And then drop boxes are a good idea. So if you have an idea and an inspiration like what we're talking about right now, it's very simple for things like clothes, you know, socks, toiletries, toothbrush, toothpaste. You can set up a simple drop box that looks like the old timey uh, post office services and you just throw your junk in there. Don't like my shoes anymore. Throw them in there. I guarantee you somebody needs them. So please follow Liz's lead and do the work that needs to be done so that we, and I was going to get to the nanny state, but she transitioned right into the story. So I left it alone. We don't need a nanny state. The, the America is the number one giver of generosity in the world, in the world. What we really need to do is for people like, or people like me to follow people like Liz's lead and set up drop boxes, something that's very easy. You can literally set this up, have people dump crap off, put it on your social media, share it to me. I'll share it to my social media. More people will see it. And then people can drop stuff off. You can go pick it up and go give it to a nonprofit. Give it to people that need it. This is what we need to do. This is exactly what Liz is talking about, that we need we need to do the work and not be reliant on the government. Sorry, I ranted there for a minute. All good. It's all good. <laughs> <laughs> preaching to the choir. Yeah, yeah, preaching to the choir. I do. So, you know, I, I love to talk about the stuff that you're passionate about. I'm you know, also passionate about. I need to do a better job of physically doing a lot of this, but the fact of the matter is, is that, uh, and, and I've had somebody in the messenger the other day we were talking about, it, and I was like, you know what is, I'm not really concerned about followers. What I'm concerned about is, I'll give you a great example. Billy, whether you're Christian or not, doesn't matter. You can be an atheist. It's the context of the story that matters. Billy Graham attended a tent revival when he was nine years old. A small tent revival, I believe, in Oklahoma. He was nine years old. Now look what Billy Graham did. You never know who watches. You never know who's listening. Never. Right. So we want to talk about the things that we're passionate about. And I stole well, the reason I asked you that, by the way, I stole that from Larry Sharp. When I interviewed him, he was like, so what are you, what are you passionate about? I'm like, what are you talking about? Dude, I'm interviewing you. And I, I realized at the moment, I'm like, holy crap, you're exactly right. Let me just ask people what they're passionate about. And we could have the conversation because we never know who's going to be listening. We never know who's going to be inspired and who can be the next person to change the world. Bottom up, bottom up work. Well, and you know, I like, like the pop-up pantries are nice and doing things where I actually get to interact with people. I don't need people to know that I'm interacting with people like, you know, but the people that come to the pantry are not necessarily people that, well, in my everyday work, I see a lot of them, but they're not necessarily people that I would have a conversation with. And so you have this opportunity to talk to people that normally are not heard. And the whole point of being a representative is to listen to everybody. Um, when I was campaigning last year, I was collecting signatures down in Williamsport and this woman walked up to me and we just got talking about you know the community. And she said, Williamsport is beautiful on the outside, but they've kind of forgotten about you know those of us you know in the other parts of the city where you don't have the little league, you know, and you know, they've beautified certain areas and the rest of us have just kind of been left behind. 
And those are the people that you don't get to talk to every day. They don't come, like I go to the farmer's market in Lewisburg on the, on the second Wednesday, I always say Tuesday, it's on Wednesday. The second Wednesday of the month, I, you can find me at the Lewisburg farmer's market. And um, the people that come to the farmer's market though are not the same people that come, well, a lot of them are not the same people that come to the hygiene pantry or you know to a pop-up right. food pantry or something. So, and everybody has the right to be heard and to feel like, feel like they have that right to be heard. Absolutely. I mean, I, I, I preach that all the time. People want to be heard. And quite honestly, for the most part, people are, really aren't going to care about anything that I have to say or um, uh, most people have to say unless they feel like they're appreciated and that their voice is valued. Like they, right. have, you know, they want their opinion valued and heard. Right. And we don't have to agree. I mean, most of the people I talk to don't agree with me or I don't agree with them on a lot of things. But I... So yeah, I haven't I, agreed with you on anything yet. Right. I had somebody say that to me the other day. You know, I disagree with most of what she says, but I'm going to vote for her because I'm like, all right, well, I'll take that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> fine. Disagree with me. I'm good with it. Yeah. Um, so I hate to say this because I hate the dichotomy, but in a red area, I am pro-choice, but I am in favor. I am a supporter of rights the right of the woman, the right of the father and the right of the baby. Like we need to consider all things and we need the government out of the decision-making process is, is my argument in that. And, you know, if you want to talk about the morality of things, that's the place of religious organizations. It's not the place of the government, but my district is heavily, heavily pro-life um, to use the dichotomy there. And right, right. I have some great conversations with people about our common ground, which is, Nobody wants more abortions. Like right. there is not a person. I don't believe there's a person in this country who would be like, oh, I'm pro-abortion. I think we need more of them. You know, we all want to reduce the number of abortions as much as we can. And so my perspective is reduce it and respect the rights of everyone. Whereas their perspective is, you know, the right of the fetus or the right of the baby is, is the primary right. And so, but there's a lot of middle ground there we can talk about. But if we can't initiate that conversation, if I'm like, oh, I can't talk to you because, you know, you're not going to agree with me. And 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 I can get turned around on an issue. I can be told that I'm wrong. I'm good with that. I my husband will tell you I'm wrong all the time. I'm just kidding. <laughs> my wife will tell you the same thing. No. And so it, and I think there's a, a misnomer about the Libertarian Party and that that we are pro-abortion. I don't like you said, I don't believe a, anybody is very not in the heart of hearts is pro-abortion. We don't want that. Everybody. That's the thing that we have to come back to is that more than you know what? We all have the same interests in common. More than likely, the avenue may look a little different, but I want more affordable and better health care. I want my kids to have more affordable and better education. I want less abortions. I want all, we want all the same things. Now we got to figure out what's the best avenue and route in which we get there. First, we need to look at the central problem of what's causing the real issues. And I can almost every time show you that it's government. Well, and if we could get government out of, you know, adoption, the adoption process, I mean, that. Oh my God. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, there's an area where reducing government involvement could make a huge difference in actual lives of actual people. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, my, my brain has left me. I had a thought and now it's gone. Oh, you're good. 
No, it's uh, it's exactly right. The, the, the issue is, is okay, so I'll give you a, a great example. Sally Ann says she really is. She loves to connect with people and problem solve. She is a genuinely caring neighbor, clearly, oh, obviously. So one of my good friends, my brother in, in Christ and, and the former executive director of the team challenge that I worked for down here is going through and has been going through the adoption process for a year and hundreds of dollars. Where is that money going? It ain't going to the kid because he's getting the child. It's going to the government. Yeah. And, and there's a conspiracy theory in our area that across the border in New York, some of the family court systems are trying to get the kids away so that they can put them up for adoption because they make money. And I would hate to believe that that's true, but you know what? It would not, I hate to say that it would not surprise me if it was true. Um, I remembered, remembered what I was saying. <laughs> I, I figured I'd bring you back. <laughs> you got me. Yeah. So abortion is an issue like gun control where the, the two-sided argument. So we get, we don't, we get caught up in it. We get, uh, we buy into the propaganda that you have to be A or B. And right. then that becomes the conversation. Are you pro-choice or are you pro-life? Are you pro-gun or do you want gun control? You know, are you anti-gun violence? Blah, 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 blah. They're coming to take my guns. Oh, I got to protect my guns. And we never, like you were saying, get to that underlying issue that what's, what's underneath that, what's causing, if there's an increase in violence, which I'm not convinced that there is, but if there is, what's causing that it's not the gun mm -hmm. so yeah i got told off for saying that the other day but i don't care it's true the gun did not cause the problem any like if you drive your car into i'm not advising that you do this if you drive <laughs> your, if you drive your car into a protest nobody says oh my gosh we need to be driving lighter vehicles so that we kill fewer people in the protest they say what the heck was wrong with that person what's behind the you know what's behind it and so one of the sessions at Perspectives of Freedom is called Behind the Gun, which is a horrible name, or Beyond the Gun, which is a horrible name for a session. I'm just going to say that about all the sessions. I, I named them. And, but uh, but the, whole, the whole thing is we got to get past this. You know, it's like Democrat or Republican, pro-gun, anti-gun, pro-life, anti-life. You know, no, no. Let's talk about the underlying issue. Let's get to an actual conversation instead of being distracted by the red herring of the gun and say, you know. Yep. What's and really going on here? Because we, you know, there are actual issues that we need to do something about. And we can't move on anything because people get caught up in that red herring and, and never come back. That's exactly right. Uh, look, the, the critical, th I talked about this in, on Twitter, I think. I don't know. One of the social medias. I'm terrible at them, really, to be honest with you. I don't know how I've got the followers I do. I'm terrible at it. Bad. I was talking to somebody somewhere. But um, that's kind of the issue. Like we're lacking in such critical thinking skills is that if you can get caught off guard and completely drug out of the conversation into a rabbit hole or a red, red herring or a false equivalency or straw mans, we, that, that, that's a root problem for me. We need to be addressing that first because if you can – address our lack of critical thinking as a general populace in the country, you could actually wire that back to a lot of our issues, especially uh, binary options, right? And nothing in this life really 
I, I won't say that because I'm an anti-absolutist. Very little in this life is actually binary options. For those right. of you that didn't know, I'll leave it yeah. at which, which, you know, leads us into our whole education system and the disaster that is. Yep. It's it, what's lovely in, in here's, I need us, I have a sarcasm. I do actually have a sarcasm sign that I made, but um, we won't go there. It's just lovely to see our education standards going down with all these great improvements that we've made with nationalized education curriculum and standards and everything. And now, Teachers can't teach to the student; they have to teach to the test, and it's just craziness. The, yeah, our uh, our education critical thinking numbers. <laughs> exactly, our education numbers like have tanked on a in in an immense way on a crazy level since the institution of the public education system. That's a fact. You can go look it up. The day they instituted the public education system or the social socialism indoctrination or government worship indoctrination system that is our public education system, our numbers begin to plummet immediately and they have never ticked back up. They continue to go down. That's a fact. Can you hear my, can you hear my torrential rain? No. No. Okay. It's really loud. <laughs> Liberty Shamrocker, you may know her as Connie, her and Jimmy. And their daughter voted for you, Brittany. She lives in your district. Oh, and, uh, yes, yes. Excellent. They should be there at the event as well. Excellent. So, we would love to see you. Yes. Great. Um, if Sally Ann is hanging out with us still, I'm sure she is. I would love for her to post your donations link in the comment section. So and you can go, you can go to LizTerwilliger.org or no, don't do that. LizTerwilliger for Congress.org. That's what you want to do. And everything's there. The perspectives on freedom stuff is all there too. I, oh, and we're having, oh, the, we didn't talk about, we didn't need to talk about it, but the, the race to freedom. If you all want to get Cajun to um, win a race against Nick Sarwark and um, Spike Cohen, then you should go vote with your wallet. <laughs> at the, the race to freedom or race for freedom or whatever I called it, our fundraiser to help us offset travel expenses for some of our guests. So that's on my website too. Yes, and you can get a, you that. can get a little button with Cajun's picture on it. And uh, yes. uh, Tom Queter says, um, you can wear my face. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, Tom from 52. T O M F O R 52.com. Tom from 52.com. Yeah. Um, I am floored. Lord, I'm still leading that race. I'm, I've I got a very suspicious, a very good suspicion that I've got like one or two donors that just keep shoveling cash your way. I don't know how this is happening, but literally Spike, Tasha, Nick, and Valerie are up there, and Tom, and I'm leading this. For, I don't even know how this works. Leading for a while. Well, you know, in small donations, small donations make a difference. People who don't even want to wear your face, like they donate five dollars, and that. That bumps you a little bit, bumps you a little bit. Yeah, but, five uh, bucks is five bucks. That's right. So I I have to say that for anyone out there who claims that they love Tasha Cohen and Spike is just Tasha's husband, then you should vote with your wallet because I'm tired of you telling me that the race is fixed because she's not winning. She's not winning because people have not voted with their wallet. <laughs> Put your money where your yeah. mouth is. 
<laughs> there is a massive rumor, um, or uh, I guess we'll call it a rumor. I don't know. Uh, it, there's a massive piece of information that's floating around my arena here uh, lately, and that's that there's no chance that anybody but Tasha will win. Somebody, there's probably a handful of people out there just holding on to their, or a bunch of people just holding on to their cash and like, eh, whatever. We'll wait till the end and we'll give Tasha all the money and then she'll just absolutely crush the rest of us. Well, you know, there's not really a end date for that. Well, I guess, I guess the event would be the end date, but right. they could crush it now because as soon as she hits, I think it's 750 per per racer. As soon as she hits it, she wins the race. Get her there. <laughs> Come on, people. Let's go. I imagine it's going <laughs> to happen. I have, uh, yeah. Uh, it's pretty funny because you hear this stuff about Tasha, right, all the time. And like, she's just amazing. And you're like, is this woman real? You know, no, and, and really excited and, to get to meet her. Uh, me and my wife met her in Tunica, and she is exactly what everybody says she is. It's pretty amazing. I don't know what happened. You should have heard the room erupt in laughter when somebody was like, oh, my God, Spike, that's your wife. It was hilarious <laughs> because it is yeah. libertarians so he, with yeah. disproportionate wives, and he takes the cake. Yeah, he really does. He came out to uh, Williamsport during Signature Collection last year. They to help us out. The Jorgensen Cohen campaign really helped us out. And he showed up and he collected signatures. And I was really impressed with him. You know, I was pretty, eh, you know, um, but he showed up and, you know, leaders show up. And that that meant a lot to me that he came. And I've learned a lot more about him since then. And I mean, I haven't met Tasha yet, but I can't wait to meet her at the at the event. So, And oh, they'll they're coming. I don't know if you guys are I don't know what their flight times are like, but. And, um, um, originally, I was going to ride with him. but <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I just read yeah, Sally's comment. Yeah, I know. It's funny. But um, we, we went to go book the flight. And literally, by the time we typed all the information in, that flight was sold out. Yeah, it's crazy, so, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. I don't know what's going on in Pennsylvania that weekend. Apparently, Liz Terwilliger oh. for Congress is uh, so selling out all the flights that weekend. So I think there's a Penn State-Auburn home game in Senate. Oh. And, uh, yeah, not oh, far. So, wow. yeah. Yeah, so get your book your rooms early. I might have to come uh, up there with all my LSU gear. Your, your room's already booked. Already. You're good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you. I that's okay. Yeah. Right. Didn't know that. Wow. Yeah. Spike's amazing. I like to dish on Spike a lot. Um, just because, you know, I work for him for one. So if anytime you can trash your boss in front of thousands of people is always great. Uh, but two, he is a phenomenal, excellent leader of our movement right now. And so I have said it before. I'll continue to say it. I'm very proud to follow him and his lead is exactly what we need to be at the very top of what we're doing. And then to follow the lead of you, Liz, and your activism. And I believe, you know, I've, I've interviewed quite a few people running for Congress, Senate, State, Senate, State, uh, State Houses, stuff of that nature. But within your position, where you're at and what you're able to do in your community and from all fronts, right? I've got people that are Republicans that are talking to me about you, people that are Democrats that are talking to me about you. All are voting for you. I think that um, I think you're going to be voted in, and you'll be what the first. There's going to be a slew of y'all in 2022 as the first libertarians elected to Congress. I need to I need to be elected so that I can take over Justin Amash's seat. I won't That's be able to right. fill the. Seat, but I'll take the seat. Um, 
<laughs> I was more hoping that you would take Nancy Pelosi's, but I guess we'll start small. Well, you know, so so there's a joke in the LPPA up here that, uh, you know, because I don't, someone realized that the Speaker of the House does not have to be a member of the House. So there's a joke that I should vote and nominate um, Steve Sheets to be the Speaker of the House. And then he always says, why do you hate me? Which I'm sure is why he's going to mess with <laughs> Oh, I said the same thing uh, Friday night to Jason Lyon, Mr. Merck of the Bearded Truth. And he was like, he's like, Cajun Libertarian's going places. One day he's going to be the uh, head of the House of Representatives. Is he going to be running? I'm like, what are you doing? Don't curse me like that. Don't do me. Don't do that to me. Or the changes I would make. (laughs) (laughs) If I have my way, personally, if if as it stands right now, I will never run for office in my life. Ever. I will leave that to the people that should be doing that, like Liz Terwilliger, who's running for the 12th District of Pennsylvania. So I have a list of things that I was never, okay, <laughs> that I am now. I was never going to be a speech therapist because I had a speech therapist in school and I hated speech therapy. I'm a speech pathologist. That's what I do. I was never going to work with kids. I had a terrible clinical experience with kids. I didn't want to work with kids, couldn't stand kids. I love kids. It's all I do now. Birth to three. I work (laughs) with infants and toddlers and their families. Nice. I was never going to run for public office because I'm a shy wallflower. And now that has changed. (laughs) Just a little. You're not giving me a whole lot of hope here, Liz. I try to (laughs) never say never. Never say never. Nothing about (laughs) politics makes me want to run for office. Matter of fact, quite the opposite. When I first started the brand, yeah, when I first started the brand, I was like, man, I should just, you know, I'm done. I'm tired of waiting on people. I'm just going to go run for city council. I'm just going to take care of it myself. Then I started this, which I didn't know this was all was going to happen. And so, but I started this and I started actually learning about what's going on. And I'm like, yeah, no, I'm not doing that. Mm -mm. Nope. You can have that. I will gladly have you on the show like 50 times over this next uh, you know, a year and a half or so to get you in the office if it if I if I make me feel better about myself for not running. <laughs> Something live during one of the breaks at Perspectives on Freedom. We should like that would be fun. Say that first part again. I'm sorry. Plan to do something live oh, from yeah. Yeah, from Perspectives on Freedom just for the heck of it. No, I had planned on it. I just hadn't been had the chance to get with you about it. We'll definitely get do the back channel stuff. I, I definitely want to do something live with you if that's okay. Be fun, yeah. Yeah, be a bunch of fun. Is there anything else that you want to uh, get out there before we get off tonight? No, I don't think so. Just you know, yes, there is. There is one thing that I want to say. <laughs> make your own decisions and respect other people's rights to make their own decisions. Whether I cannot tell you how many people I see get on people for wearing a mask or for not wearing a mask. Like, leave them alone. They're doing, they're doing them. You do you. And that I'll leave it at that. I'm so sick yep. of it. I actually um, posted that on my page tonight. It, it's going ham over there. Kind of yeah. viral for a tweet. Yeah. I mean, look, I don't care. I don't care if you're vaccinated. I don't care if you wear a mask. I don't care if you're unvaccinated. I don't care if you don't wear a mask. I don't care. Quite honestly. Go ahead. No, I was of course, it's my job, and I do know a lot about coronavirus, so it's just one of those things. But I also thought about making a shirt, and I'm being told to make the shirt that says, I would rather get COVID than to have to keep talking about it. 
Well, you know what I keep saying it because I because it's say it because it's true. Um, freedom, freedom is not not wearing a mask. Freedom is the right to make the decision whether or not you wear a mask. So, Sorry. yeah, people get hung up on you know you're wearing a mask. You must be a sheeple. They made their own decision. Make your own. Shit it. Yeah, yeah. It's just I'm tired. I'm tired of having the conversation. Uh, happens is we... as later, like I get a little bit more myself. Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're good. Don't be sorry. That's what we want. Uh, do you? I was hawking American flags last night at uh, the Riverfest in Tawanda. I'm like, it's starting to get late. It goes till fireworks. So the show goes till like ten. The event goes till ten. So I'm like good. walking out from the Libertarian booth, like, anybody want a flag? <laughs> <laughs> nice. Come over here and talk some. <laughs> That's great. Anyway, trying to wrap uh, it up and I keep talking. No, you're good. I need you to get Clubhouse on your phone so we can talk to you all the time. I got that. I got Clubhouse. Okay. Good. I've just never been in there. Ah, follow me. I'll follow you back. And we will have all some. Right. What we'll do is it's a great fundraising tool as well. Set up some events. Um, it's my wife again. I love your energy and passion. Mrs. Liz, you're doing great things. Yes, she is. And I'm excited, excited that you are doing the things that you're doing because it's remarkable and it shows and people are hearing about it all over the country. And so I forgot what I was about to say there for a, a minute ago, but Oh, clubhouse. Yeah. yeah we can set up events. Yeah. We can set up events where, you know, it's just a drop in audio chat. We can have you on do fundraisers. We can do promotional ideas. We can have debates. We can do whatever. Um, I spend a little bit too much time in there, so I'm trying to take a break. But yeah, um, so everyone so I, knows Liz is on Clubhouse. We can follow her. Yep, I have office hours. I call it open time when anybody can come talk to me about anything on every other Tuesday, and I usually zoom it. Maybe I should move it to Clubhouse. Yes, that probably will thing. get you a lot more exposure. It's just no video, but video no video is great. Especially for somebody that's on camera three to five times a week. I like to not to do that sometimes with my life. Yeah. <laughs> Just do audio. Zoom calls really got popular, but I hate Zoom app, man. I, I do. I can't stand it. Yeah. Got popular during the pandemic. Anyway, Liz Tewilliger, sorry, Liz Tewilliger for Congress. I have gotten my D's and C's all mixed up tonight. I kept trying to say re redistricting and could not do it. I was a speech therapist. I'll throw y'all off. <laughs> That's what it is. You're Forget how to talk. Intimidated. Exactly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Go to Liz to Williger for Congress. Make a donation. Hit the donation button. Smash the donate but donation button. God, did it again. Struggling. Um, that's your campaign website. Do you have any other links or places that you want people to visit? To all the social media stuff off of there. Perfect. Some of it's more active than others, but yeah, everything's on there. What's your most active platform? Facebook. Okay, very good. Because I see the uh, the road to perspectives on you know, the race to the perspectives on freedom usually on Twitter. I, sh I share some things across platforms, so Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. But I'm I'm on Facebook mo more than the other stuff, just because I have a lot of events going on over there and stuff. So. Okay. Awesome. Uh, next time you post an update on the race. I will share it to my page. Oh, yeah. And if anybody wants to volunteer with my campaign, hit me up. You message me. 
<laughs> yep, we will be diving into that as well. Uh, yeah, other right than me to do social media. Yeah. <laughs> what we'll do is we'll try to uh, get something lined up for right after you get the nomination and you can actually start doing things. Then we'll schedule another show and try to garner as much people as you can. Yeah. So thank you, right. Liz. You are phenomenal. I can't wait to see you in less than a month. Uh, no. I know, right? That's crazy. So. Yeah, yeah, it's it's gonna be very quick. Check out Liz's socials if you want to donate to the event. Would be phenomenal. Donate to her campaign. Campaign phenomenal. Liz, I will see you in less than a month, and hopefully, talking to you on a frequent basis until then. All right, thanks a lot. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you for coming on. I will see you very soon. All right. All right. Bye. Outstanding, outstanding. As my wife said. Great energy, great passion, great things coming from that. The impact that Liz is going to make just in the 12th district of Pennsylvania is going to be beyond remarkable. I truly and honestly do believe she is going to win that district. And for those of us that don't know how big a deal that is, there have been no libertarians that have been elected to Congress. So Liz, amongst a plethora of other phenomenal candidates, I think are going to be the first ones elected to Congress in 2022. We cannot do that without your help. Liz Terwilliger for Congress. Please go check it out. Look at all of her socials. Donate five bucks is five bucks. You know, and if you want to donate to uh, my race to get me up there, sex work is work. Five bucks is five bucks. Please do that at the Perspectives on Freedom race. Again, you can check that out on all of her socials if you want to donate to the show. PayPal me. I will be needing to upgrade my software here probably this week because as of tonight, I started streaming to Twitter, my page, and my YouTube. So I took it off of my profile. So that's going to be one of the reasons that initially there's a, a downtick in viewers, live viewers. No worries. Those viewers are going to catch up as I post it to the profile and it gains traction over the next week. But what I need to do is raise money to. I can only broadcast to three destinations right now. But if I pay the extra money, I got to figure out how much that is. Then I can broadcast to like 10 different destinations. So we can get the message of people like Liz Terwilliger out there across every single platform, basically, that's available and not restricted due to my um, nine to five job. That's what I do. Help run a pest control company. Do that. Really, it's from seven to six. Every day I work a lot of hours. So, and I get paid salary. So I don't get any extra money for that. That's all right. You can buy some shirts and give me extra money. You can just give me money. That'd be awesome. PayPal. But you can also give me money and get some stuff with it. We'll come out with some new t shirts, slogans, hats, pins, buttons, and all of the above. CajunLibertarian.com. We'll also be posting all of our content there because, as you well know, Facebook hates libertarians, the internet hates libertarians. And so we need to get spread out. And one of the ways that if they do nuke us, all of the content will be there at CajunLibertarian.com. I will start posting blogs there. I think that's about it, y'all. Thank you so much. I know it's Sunday night. Everybody's going to go to work tomorrow. Y'all all still showed up. Phenomenal show. Phenomenal interview. Phenomenal person. And Liz Terwilliger. Liz Terwilliger for Congress.org. I am so proud that I got that right and didn't say .com.
Thank you. I love you all very much. I will see you all very soon. Same Cajun time, same Cajun channel. Um, Tomorrow night, just a thought. Same Cajun time, same Cajun channel. I am out. Thank you.